Yeah, we could have never, ever gotten to the level of intimacy that we are at uh, outside of this. We, we had a good relationship before, but it was nowhere near what it is now. You know, but we've worked to get to that level and keeping our core, uh, you know, prime directive in mind that what we want to do is master intimacy in this life. And this has just been our path. And it's been a really good one. Welcome to Normalizing Non-Monogamy, the podcast where we interview incredible people from across the entire spectrum of non-monogamy to hear their fascinating stories. We strive to bring guests on the show who have a healthy approach to non-monogamy. However, it's important to remember that everyone does it a little bit differently, and the views and opinions expressed by our guests do not necessarily reflect our own. Additionally, we produce this show for entertainment purposes only. Please be aware that we aren't doctors or therapists. Consult the medical professional for anything regarding your health that you might learn about on the show. Enjoy. Welcome to episode 201. We're Finn and Emma. So sad. What? That we passed 200. We can't look forward to 200 anymore. Yeah, but now we can look forward to 300. I suppose. Right? We've got a hundred more episodes. And we got a message the other day that somebody was really excited because next week's episode is a palindrome. I know. And we haven't gotten to do that in a little while. In a little while, you're right. So <laughs> next week, 202. But okay. That's an inside joke for long-time listeners. <laughs> for a long time ago, yeah. Because <laughs> the last palindrome was a while ago. Yeah, it's been in the... Yeah. Uh, anyway. Well, actually, not that long ago. 191. <laughs> We just didn't call it out, though. <laughs> so that's why. <laughs> so sad. <laughs> we just missed it. Okay, so the last palindrome that we called out was a long time ago. <laughs> Let's say that. Anyway, today, welcome to episode 201. <laughs> We're Finn and Emma. And today we have a awesome interview with Crystal and Rich. They have a cuckolding dynamic and have been together for a little while, but they have... There's, they're awesome. This conversation is amazing. Yeah, I think one of the things that I really like about it is that they, the way that they explore cuckolding is such a far cry from what you see in porn and on on the internet. And so it's it's just a deep look into what goes on behind the scenes, at least for them. And we know everybody else, everybody does it a little differently, but um, it's a great conversation. So thank you, Crystal and Rich, for coming on and sharing and giving us a behind the scenes peek at that. Yes. Thank you so much. <laughs> Before we jump into the show, we do have a couple of quick announcements. First up, a huge, huge thank you to our amazing, incredible, badass Patreon community. How many edges can I use to describe how incredible these people are? I think you got them all. <laughs> but truly, we are incredibly grateful for all of you. Thank you very much. If you're looking for community, we would highly recommend checking out our Patreon community. I mean, we are a little bit biased, but... It is our humble opinion. <laughs> That it is an amazing place to hang out and meet people. So if you want more information on that, head over to our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com, and click on the Patreon tab or on the Community Events tab, and you can learn all about that. Yes, and there you'll find all of the dates for the calls for October as well. Yes, and if you're also looking for community, but you don't want to commit to the huge commitment. Which is $2 a month. That's a little redundant. <laughs> The, the huge $2 a month or $5 a month commitment that is Patreon. We are doing a bunch of meet and greets. We just last week did our virtual meet and greet for September, but we've got another one coming up in October on the 26th. Uh-huh. From 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern. From, and the September one was amazing. Last week we had – it was just awesome. I, there was so much fun to bring them back. It's been a couple months since we've done a virtual meet and greet, and it was amazing to see everyone and hang out. So thank come, you, Thank you to everybody who showed up. Come check it out in October. Yeah, and then we're also starting to do some in-person meet and greets. We have one next week on September 28th in Ann Arbor, Michigan. We have one in the middle of October on October 13th in Atlanta, Georgia, and then one at the end of October in St. Petersburg, Florida on the 27th of October. And these will all be outdoors, all be vaccine required, and will all be lots of fun. If you want to sign up, find out more information, go to our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com, and click on the Community Events tab, and you'll find all of the information there. We'd love to have you join us and meet us in person or come to the virtual event. We'd still love to meet you there that way, too. Also, on our website, you can find the Contact Us button. Reach out to us. Send us a voicemail. Send us an email. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, and while you're there, one last favor we have to ask. If you're out in the world starting to meet people again, whether it's at our meet and greets or maybe just going on a date with somebody from Field or whatever, Tinder. Yeah. And 
it's time to get tested for STIs. You've been locked up in your house for a year and a half. <laughs> get tested. Be a sexual health advocate. Our favorite way to do that is stdcheck.com. That is how Emma and I get tested. It is fast. It is easy. It is about $130 to get a 10-panel test when you use our $10 discount code, which supports you and also helps support the show financially. So, Thank you in advance for doing that. To find out more information on how to do that, head over to the website again, normalizingnonmonogamy.com, and you can click on the resources tab, or you can click in our show notes for the podcast player, and you will see direct links to how to find that discount code. Yep, you will. And while you're there on our website, you can also see podcast show notes for this episode and every other episode that we've published, including photos and all of the resources that every guest has shared with us. There's a lot. There is a lot over there. Check it out. We thank you in advance for your support, and we hope you enjoy this episode with Crystal and Rich. Yeah, let's go. Well, welcome, Crystal and Rich, to the show. We're so excited to talk to you tonight. Thanks for making time and wanting to come and share your story. So thanks for being here. Well, thanks for having us. It's always um, a great opportunity to talk about things that are not generally part of the mainstream conversation, and I think we're all uh, trying to, you know, have a little bit more exposure to other ways of being. And so uh, we appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're, we're hopeful that someday this will be mainstream conversation. But we're trying. <laughs> <laughs> trying to do. We can do our um, best, right? right? Right. Right. Well, do you mind introducing yourselves uh, for the listeners and then we'll go from there? Sure. I'm Crystal Welch. I am a writer. I write on... Um, consensual non-monogamy, polyamory, and cuckolding, uh, which is our dynamic. And we'll talk more about that in a little bit. And this is my husband, Rich. Rich Welch, and I'm her husband. (laughs) (laughs) We'll give you some more details here in a little bit. (laughs) Sounds good. Well, thank you both uh, again for being here. And I guess like you said, you, I don't know, dabble, explore in the cuckolding. And uh, maybe do you mind talking about like what your dynamic looks like? And then we'll go back in time and figure out how, how you got, got here. here. Okay. Well, good questions. Do you want to start? You no, want me to start? You start? Okay. So our dynamic is um, we've kind of been all over the board when we first met each other. Well, I'll back all the way up because this is relevant to the, to the issue. Um, I've, been married and divorced before. And when I, I didn't think I ever wanted to marry again. And when I started to give serious thought about, you know, just having a companion or somebody, um, I put a little ad in on something and, and I advertised for a cuckold. Um, I thought I'm, I don't ever want to be trapped in a monogamous relationship again. And so I advertised for one and this showed up over here <laughs> happily for me. So anyway, we've been, we've been together happily for seven years. And so we started with that premise, which is easier in some ways, because a lot of people sort of have to work their way into it if they, if they think that's what they want. But we started there. And so we, you know, we started experimenting. But um, what we've discovered over time is that Rich definitely has He's super alpha, powerful in his day-to-day life, and but he has this need in his private life for something different. And so we've had a lot of good communication about that and how we want that to work. And we've been excavating it all, all along. So you want to add your two cents worth? Yeah. So my two cents worth was um, in my previous marriage, we had a, a very sexually open and active lifestyle. And we bounced around between, you know, hot wifing and swinging and just goofing around doing stuff, you know, and we were down in the Bay Area and it was, it was, you know, like no holds. And so, uh, so I got to experience a whole lot of different things. And then unfortunately that marriage kind of found an end to it and, and, uh, which didn't have anything to do with our lifestyle choices. 
But um, afterwards, when I started dating vanilla women, I was like, ew, you know, this is not working. <laughs> and so, so then, I would, then I would go out with a woman that's less vanilla, and she'd be a little too crazy. And I'd go, oh, this isn't working. <laughs> so so uh, one day, I was uh, desperately cruising Craigslist, and what do you know? There's <laughs> a woman asking for a cockle. And I thought, hey. Won't hurt to buy her a drink, and and uh, here we are. <laughs> yeah, seven years later, here we are. <laughs> was it was it something you had ever like researched or thought about or considered before, Rich? We had brushed against in my previous marriage. Like I say, we tried a lot of different dynamics, and I don't know that we ever called it cuckolding. But there was certainly a lot of the, you know, she would go out on her own and I would stay at home or sometimes, you know, I would go with her and watch her and this sort of stuff. So I don't know that we had a label for it. But um, after my marriage, I, I guess, was when I became more informed as to the labeling. And so when I saw the ad, I knew what she was asking for, kind of. <laughs> There's a thousand different definitions of cuckolding, too. So it could have been anything. But uh, yeah. Yeah, we. I, I mean, yeah. In my previous marriage, I brushed against it, and and I liked it, you know. And so, um, and yeah. I always thought, you know, being sort of selfish, I always thought it would be perfect to have a man that was devoted to me, but didn't uh, didn't restrict me in terms of anybody else that I wanted to be with. And I thought that's a, you know, that sounds like a unicorn or a cuckold. I don't know. So anyway, that's what that's why I started through my pole in that pond and uh yeah it's been good for us yeah that's that's wonderful um i was gonna ask you crystal so from like previous to that up until you placed that ad had you had any experience in alternative relationship styles at all um yes as a matter of fact um i've been um a practicing femdom for a lot of years and when i was single um i like the power and i like the control uh Mm -hmm. And yet I did not see myself in a permanent relationship because it's a lot of work. And, um, I, I don't know. I, I, so I'm sort of hardwired that way, but I didn't, I didn't seek out a full-time submissive man just because it's too much work. And I think the other part of it that's relevant in my story is that in my previous marriage, we sort of live separate lives and, you know, it was a monogamous traditional kind of marriage. We raised a son and, and I thought that that's how it would always be, but we lived separate lives and there was no sex. And so after that divorce happened, I thought, you know, I'm not going to be trapped by the expectation of monogamous marriage ever again. So it was sort of a combination of those two things, you know, that I'm, strong and strong-willed and um and I like what I like and so I don't know. I hope that answered your question. <laughs> yeah. No, you did answer my question. It just cut out for a second there. Yeah, yeah, no. It was great. <laughs> and I think um I have a couple of questions about it, but maybe before that, like like you said, Rich, there's a thousand different ways to do cuckolding and that means a thousand different things to a thousand different people. Would you to be willing to talk about like what it actually looks like for you two and and also maybe like has it evolved since seven years ago it, it evolves with every partner we're with i mean it's you know how do you describe any relationship you know just straight up monogamous being married what's it what it, describe that you know <laughs> so, yeah for sure there's levels sure. to everything yeah there are and the, and it i think all good relationships evolve and change and you know adapt to to you know who you're with and what's happening that day and everything so i don't mean i don't want to dodge your question but i i I hesitate to say this is what it is because i could tell you this is what it is today maybe (laughs) you know (laughs) but one of our both of us agree to this frustration that on a lot of these forums you get these guys that are preaching like cuckolding is this. And if you're not doing a, B and C in that order, you're not a true cuckold, you know? And I'm like, Oh my God, you know, you guys just (laughs) turn off the porn and go meet somebody, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Well, and to answer your question more succinctly from my point of view, it's definitely evolved. And what we 
thought we wanted in the beginning has really evolved. So in the very beginning when we were brand new, you know, we just had a couple of threesomes here and there, uh, and that was fun. But as we went along, we started, it, it just started to evolve into something else. And so then we started thinking, well, maybe what we really want is, you know, like a, a polyamorous triad of some sort. Um, we just want one other person. And it's been really super hard to find that. But then we thought, well, maybe it doesn't have to be poly. Maybe it could just be an occasional, you know, one person that we could establish something with. But it's been really, really hard to find. And so we think what we want right now is just one person um, that would be in a throuple with us um, as time permits or whatever. And if it evolved into a living in situation, we'd be open to that too. So I don't think that you can hunt for that necessarily because that's a big ask. But I think if we could meet someone that we really resonated with and he wanted the same thing, then we, the three of us would decide how that would evolve and work. But I think that's where we, you know, we started over here more, you know, just sort of threesome. And now we're over here where we want an, like a real relationship because frankly, I hate the hunt. Trying to find people is really hard. And, um, if, if that's probably the biggest motivation to just find one person that we can settle in with. Yeah. 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 I, I was just going to say, I think if I had to define, you know, Kind of the one characteristic that separates cuckolding from maybe hot wifing or polyamory is that there, there's always some degree of a power imbalance in a, in a cuckolding relationship. And, and so I would, you know, if I had to say like, what is, you know, what makes it different than just, you know, a poly, just having a poly friend or, or a threesomes or something, I think in, I think most cuckolds would probably agree that there's a power dynamic involved. And that's definitely true for us. And we together have excavated that more and more with Rich because he really responds to that. And so we started looking into what about humiliation is exciting to you and what kind of humiliation do you respond to? And so we've, we've developed that quite a bit. And we actually ended up taking a class from a femdom here in town that has educational classes, really quality ones. And so we took a class on humiliation and there a couple pieces really chunked into place regarding humiliation. So the way she explained it was humiliation uh, in a cuckold dynamic or however your dynamic is, is really a method to excavate sexual shame and guilt. And you bring it up to the surface and eroticize it. And so what it does for him, and I'll let him speak to this more succinctly, but it frees him from old notions of shame and guilt. Uh, so those are the things that I tend to focus on when he's wanting that particular activity. Uh, but it it's true, it really does do that. And that has brought us so close. It has um, deepened the intimacy in this relationship because you really kind of have to bear your soul. And so I think it's an evolutionary path uh, because he's willing to excavate that in himself and I'm willing to help him excavate those things. And so that's kind of how that's worked out. Anything else to add there? Yeah, I, I think I just put two more pennies into that thought. It, one is, is that I definitely don't think all cuckolding necessarily involves humiliation and it doesn't have to. You know, there's, right. there's lots of different ways of uh, experiencing and, and practicing, you know, uh, that. And the second one was something that has law completely slipped out of my mind. So you'll have to edit that part out. <laughs> no, it's, it's totally good. And I think I have a lot of questions I know. and I love this. I love how open you two are about this. So the first one is going to be a, a statement slash question. And it's, I think, that a lot of times when people hear cuckolding, they think like, uh, Crystal, you can just do whatever you want. And Rich just has to like take it. And you're just going to like run over him. And what I heard was like, you two have very intentional conversations about what does and doesn't work. And it's not you're doing this to Rich. You're doing this with him to explore different aspects of things that 
you two want together and that it brings you closer together. This isn't just like, Rich, you're my bitch now, and I'm going to do whatever I want. Yeah. yeah. Well, sometimes it is, but <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's having a good day. Yeah. But just like I think any other, you know, I, I think Cuckolding kind of borders in this gray zone with S&M. And just like any other S&M practice, there's boundaries that you establish, you know, and if you're good at S&M, you establish the boundaries before you play. And then after you play, you you, you talk about the experience, you know, and that we do both, you know, I mean, we, we share about how that made you feel and, you know, what, you know, and, and so we, I, I don't think anybody should get involved in this sort of a power dynamic that doesn't have a really, really strong communication, you know, style as a part of their relationship. And, you know, yet another thing on the forums that drives us both crazy is how do I trick my, my partner into doing this? And you talk about just coming at it 180 the wrong direction. You know, you could not do it worse than to trick your, you know, or anything. That's not just cuckolding once again. It's not just cuckolding. It's any relationship. If you're tricking your partner into stuff, you're destroying your trust and you're destroying your relationship. And it just so happens that that men who crave this dynamic, there's about a thousand times more of them than there are women who are willing to do it. That's been our experience. And so that is where you get a lot of this manipulation. I, in fact, I had somebody write me today on my website, you know, how do I get my wife to do this thing you're talking about? And I said, you don't get her to do anything. What you do is start to open up a conversation and, you know, maybe watch some things together, read some things together, and then talk about it. But to answer your original question, we are 100% intentional, you know, sort of the core intention for our relationship when we got married, since we've both been married before, is that we want to master intimacy. And so there isn't anything that would interfere with that, that we will entertain or do. And as we've excavated some of these deeper, more hidden things, uh, it's brought us just incredibly close, and we're so grateful for that. And so we, we've hit a sweet spot that I probably very few couples reach, but I think a lot of them could reach it through one of these, whatever dynamic you choose that's kind of outside the nine dots. Um, and it's so we, we're very intentional with everything that we do, and we thoroughly discuss absolutely every aspect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. And thank yeah. you for like digging into that a little bit because. I think it really gives people, like you said, get out of the porn and meet somebody, right? Like understand what this actually is. And and you know what? For some people, it might be like the guy comes in and is like, hey, do whatever you want to me. I don't care. That may exist out there, but that's not how you two approach it. And I appreciate you sharing. Yeah, not at all. Yeah, not at all. Demonstrating that the communication is the key there, no no matter what. Yeah. Um, Well, And we also approach this uh, with playfulness. Um, we try and, you know, help our partner be relaxed and playful. And we've had a couple of really, really good experiences. Uh, unfortunately, they didn't work out for a long term, but we've had some success in finding um, a third person who just resonated with both of us. It was very loving. It was playful. It was fun. It was sexy. It was all the things that we would hope for. And so, you know, we're ever in search of that. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. And I think one, one of the other questions I had was around one of the things you said early on was that you were, after your marriage ended, you kind of determined that you don't want somebody else to restrict you. And that drew you to cuckolding. I guess my, my only question is like, there are a lot of relationships out there where the either partner is not necessarily restricted, but they don't have to go the cuckolding route with the power dynamic. Was there a a particular draw to that for you versus just saying like, I would like an open relationship where we don't restrict each other? Uh, Absolutely. And it gets back to my natural hardwiring of being a femdom. Um, I don't play that role out overtly in the world and it's, you know, it's not a costumey thing for me or anything like that, but I love that power dynamic. I mean, that's how he and I play off against each other because he craves it. And so do I, um, you know, I love the power that comes with, um, you know, exerting my will over him. And, 
um, demonstrating that I'm affectionate and sexual with another person when he has to just watch it. And, and so, yeah, so both of us, um, get off on that dynamic. It isn't just a one-sided thing. And that's one of the things I think one of the, certainly one of the big contributors to our success, um, because what I'm offering, he's receiving and it's all good. Yeah. Love it. Thank you. You also mentioned, you know, like that your relationship has evolved, like we all have. Um, and I, I guess I'd love to, if you could talk a little bit about that journey together, how, how have you, um, how has your relationship evolved through the cuckolding dynamic over the last seven years? Boy, that's a big question. Uh, it is. <laughs> I'll, I'll answer for me and then I'll let Rich answer from his side. Uh, Cause we've both evolved, but uh, for me, um, it was my first taste of relationship freedom. And what I mean by that is here I had a loving and connected relationship with Rich. And yet he didn't uh, restrict my ability to seek out pleasure or even love with someone else. I mean, we've talked about that extensively. Like what happens if I really fall in love with whoever this other guy is, you know, we've talked about that exhaustively because it's important for me to know um, where he really lands on that because that would, you know, I'm not going to do anything that would be against what he desires or what he wants. And so we just, we continually bring these things up and check in on them. But it started from just an idea to now we've had some real experience and we've had a couple of just incredibly stellar, beautiful experiences um, that we wish could have been more permanent. But it's it's helped us define uh, what we want and where we're going. And so that's that's pretty much all I can say about that. What what is your yeah. take on that? Um, I think the that it's it's radically changed in one way that when we first started talking about cuckolding, the the third was really just a sexual partner and we didn't want any kind of a relationship at all. In fact, we, we deliberately set boundaries against any sort of a personal relationship. And that's clearly evolved, especially the last two years. That's really changed to where we're incorporating a lot more aspects of polyamory into our relationship. And so now it's, it's kind of flipped to the point that um, Crystal does not want to have... <laughs> any kind of just quick flop in, in the sack kind of experience. And she really only wants to, to develop relationships with thirds. And so that that's 180 from where we started. From where we started. Yeah. And, you know, and realistically that could take a hundred years. And so, you know, but we want what we want, you know, I, mm-hmm. I don't do casual sex with strangers at all anymore. And, uh, and I don't want that. I want to be able to develop a close friendship uh, and partnership with a third and then incorporate what he wants and what he needs too. And, you know, we just, somebody out there on the planet is right for us. We just don't know who he is yet. <laughs> right. Right. Well, and I was curious, Rich, on, on your end, like, how does that change your feelings? Like, I don't know. There's, there's in one sense where I can see being like, well, Hey, these are just casual people who are going to like, come in for a night and be gone. So that's maybe a little less intimidating versus like this person's going to come in and they're going to be a part of our life in a big way. And I can see that being a whole different level of vulnerability. How has that, like, how have you worked through that? You, you really described it perfectly. It's a whole different level of vulnerability and I could not have started here, you know, and, and uh, it's, once I guess maybe it just goes back to trust that I have such I, I have such a belief in this in how solid our relationship is that I don't feel threatened by other people and I do believe you know in Crystal's enormous ability to love and and without taking away from me for her to have other people in her life and so um, it, it's it's much more difficult it is to think about, you know, possibly her having a, a relationship other than just, you know, a romp because sex is a whole lot easier than romance. Mm-hmm. But, yes, it is. It is indeed. <laughs> yes, it is. And I too, I think that um, 
you know, when we first started, we had this hard boundary. Okay, we can, you know, occasionally find somebody to, you know, sleep with. But boy, we can't develop any feelings because we don't want anybody to interfere with our relationship. We don't want anything to threaten our relationship. And that's how we felt. And as time has gone on and the relationship itself has grown and our communication skills have grown, um, and we now have had real life experience where there was an involvement uh, and it didn't you know, it only brought us closer. And so it's a sequence of all of those things. And I think one has to happen before the other, but we just changed our idea gradually over time that I would be happier to feel connected to and attached to a third because I'm loving and I want that. Um, he, and because I, and as he said, I think our trust is so high that um, we're confident that I'm not going to blow up the marriage or do anything foolish like that. And we, we, we now just want to see where can we go with this. So I don't know if you've ever driven a, a four speed, but can you imagine taking off in fourth gear? You know, the car gets <laughs> rugged down, it stalls and it stops. <laughs> well, I can, I can very much imagine it because I taught Emma to drive a stick and, there, and there was one there was one particular day where she kept trying to start in third gear because she didn't realize she wasn't in first. And it didn't go very well. The car did not go very well. That's a perfect analogy. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 And that's right. You gotta start start in first gear. Yeah. yeah. Start yeah. in first yeah. gear. So start where you are and make sure that your relationship is super solid and that you have very high emotional intelligence and, and really good communication skills. And some of the questions that I would ask your readers to ask themselves, if they're even considering something like this is, you know, can you literally talk about anything with your partner? Can you talk with them about falling in love with someone else? Can you talk with them about how would you feel seeing me be sexual with someone else because a lot of guys that think they want this dynamic they get into the dynamic and they freak out when they see their you know their wife or their girlfriend with someone else and so you have to be able to try all those ideas on first and then say okay let's start start in first gear you know let's start there let's you know let's watch some things and then you know meet somebody and experiment a bit so yeah, start with first gear. That's excellent advice. That was good. Mm -hmm. I think the only thing that's more difficult than having sex with other people is trying to teach your partner to drive. So you guys are really <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was uh it was challenging. We yeah. we made it through. But yeah, sex comes naturally, so that's you, you got true, left. That's left the over. true test of a relationship. Yeah. You, you got left to overcome with sex. We should be interviewing I, you. I know. <laughs> I think I think teaching someone to drive and also um, being in a canoe with someone else—that's like with your yeah. partner—that is also like a test of your relationship. And, yeah, and yeah, if yeah. you can have sex while doing either of those things, yeah. then you. Then, then you, you have graduated. It. That's master. Yeah. yeah, that's master level. Mastery level, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, so maybe back to the analogy. Um, when you're learning to drive a stick, uh, you obviously you make mistakes along the way. And I'm curious, as you two started in first gear, how did you tip? Like, what did first gear look like for you? How did you build to this place where you are today? Like, what did those what did those first times look like? What did those first baby steps look like? Yeah, I think honestly, to break my analogy is we started probably in second gear because we'd already been in first gear, you know. Yeah. I mean, I had been in a very open relationship and it had a lot of different experiences. And and I was single for a long time, so I wasn't about to give up my meandering about. Um, but, but you were very connected to your femdomness and you yeah, knew, you know, yeah. sort of the boundaries you could have mm -hmm. described this relationship before we had it. Yeah. No, I, I knew that I had the desire for that. And I think the term cuckold captured more of what I had in my own imagination about it allowed me to experience my own power and have the stuff that I wanted to have. Uh, and it, didn't come at his expense. It actually played right into what he also needed and wanted. But we discovered that quite a bit later, 
quite a bit later. Go back to the question about kind of false starts and mistakes. Yeah. And I'm trying to think, I don't feel, I don't know, you might feel differently, but I'm not sure that I necessarily feel like we made mistakes. What we did, I think what we did right was we took it one step at a time so that if we wanted to turn right or turn left, we weren't so far down the road that, you know, we hit the bridge abutment up there. Um, you know, a lot of it, when there's a third person involved, a lot has to do with who are these people, you know, and what was starting to happen for me is that I'm just worn out with the hunt. Um, I find online dating just wholly unsatisfactory now that we can get out and meet people in person again, maybe that'll be a little bit easier, but I just, I just think that it, it allows me to have my own power play into his need. Uh, and then we just, we kind of let it go. We both trust each other so much at this point, we kind of let it go where it, it needs to go. But at this point, our relate we feel like our relationship is super solid. And the, you know, the wild card is who will this third person be? Um, and it's much easier if, if you're willing to have a load of casual sex, it's pretty easy to locate that in today's world. It's just not anything I want anymore. And so it's harder. So it's just harder. We have a lot more requirements now. Yeah, for sure. And I think that your point is really valid that like, Rich, you had done the hot wifing thing. So you, you had already checked those boxes. Of, I know I'm okay watching my partner with somebody else. I know like you, you kind of got those things out of the way, but had you really introduced, you said you brushed up against the power dynamic in your previous marriage. Had you ever really put it into practice like you did with, with you and Crystal? No, not, not in practice. No, it was, there were times it was it was really a lot closer to hot wifing. I can't really describe any particular power dynamic that was involved in that relationship. It was really a lot more of hot wifing than anything else. And and so this between Crystal and I moving this into a power dynamic is is really new territory for me. But obviously I'm not I'm not worried about seeing her with somebody else. I, you know, I'm 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 very open-minded about trying stuff and if it doesn't work then you just talk about it later and like okay, what didn't work? And it's not it's not like damn you for doing that. It's <laughs> it's more just hey, you know, I didn't really feel that and here's why, you know. And, yeah, that was kind of weird and I don't want to do that again. Well, and the other thing that I remember a long time ago, several years ago, he probably his first inclination that he that he might be a good candidate to be a cuckold is he recognized that as they went to these parties and his wife would be oh, with yeah. several people. And he recognized that he had the most joy kind of sitting back at the bar, talking to somebody and watching that that was really, you know, more enjoyable for him than him going out and, you know, jumping on a bunch of women. And so that was the first clue that I, that I heard you say that I heard you describe that you, that you recognize that in yourself. Yeah. And that's really true, but, but voyeurism doesn't necessarily encapsulate power dynamics. Yeah, it doesn't. So it's, so it still is a little bit of, you know, pushing a boundary that I hadn't pushed before. But then I spanked spanked him and he fell in love. And so here we are. (laughs) (laughs) And it's that easy. (laughs) Anybody can do that. Yeah, just trick your wife into spanking you and you'll be in love forever. <laughs> so that's what it is. All right. Yeah. The spanking. Yeah. Gotta yeah. get the crop. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But I think I think too, like what you touched on there, and maybe when I said mistakes, it wasn't necessarily mistakes, it was as you started exploring the dynamic with the power exchange, were there things that you along the way you're like, oh, I thought I would like that. I didn't. Or I didn't think I'd like that. And I do. And how did you to negotiate those? Because what I'm, again, what I'm kind of hearing is like, it's not like Rich was like, hey, that didn't really feel good. And Chris was like, well, tough shit. We're doing it again. Because like, <laughs> I'm, I'm in charge here. Well, that would never happen. No. Yeah. Boy, I'm, I'm having trouble. Well, I think the whole, re- the whole idea of having a third relationship is, is a, yeah. is a course change. That was the biggest, mm-hmm. uh, the biggest hurdle I think that we've had to come over and we just had to really talk about it, you know, in real terms, you know, that I would feel better if it were longer term and if there was an attachment to this person, 
And then I think he went through a process of having to really try that on and see, you know, and it, it got back to the fact that he trusts that I could have feelings for someone else and not leave him. I mean, at the end of the day, that's the, that's the real question. And so, you know, that's the, we had to, we had to investigate that issue very, very extensively and multiple, multiple times and will probably forever. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Continual conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm curious how open, I guess, in your life are you about this dynamic in relationship, uh, and along those lines, do you tell people how you meet? Because that, that's going to be a question too, or how you met. We so we have kink friends, you know, and and we seek them out. We have a, a, a fairly large social group of kink friends that know our whole story, you know, and and we know their story, and and so you know we share that dynamic, and and you know. Actually, sometimes I'll see an ad where a couple's advertising for a guy and it's like, hey, this, they sound kind of like us. So I'll write them, you know, even I, I'm, you know, even though they're not looking for me, I'll be like, hey, you want to meet for a drink sometime? And yeah, that's just happened, make, you know? yeah, just to make friends. So yeah. So that's that. Um, so that that has happened that we have, you know, we've engaged a lot outside of the kink community. She has one friend that knows. We don't. Uh, yeah, I keep we keep our. um you know, I was a financial advisor for 25 years, and I have a lot of people that know me in our town and clients and colleagues. And I don't want, you know, I feel like our private life is really our private life. And that's why, you know, I I try and keep a separation between those two things. Um, but I think to answer your question directly, Probably what we would say, we either met him at a restaurant or we met him online. I mean, everybody meets online, and so that's not even weird anymore. Uh, no, it's so not. I think that if we found someone that w- that w- was going to be more of a permanent part of our life, then we we have talked about that pretty extensively. How will we explain this to our family? How will what? How will we? You know, at one point we had seriously talk to a guy about moving in with us, you know, what will we tell our family and how will we explain his presence and all of those things. So that's a whole nother layer of complexity that we're not at yet. So we don't agonize over that too much, but it it certainly is something that's going to have to be addressed at some point in the future. Should we find someone that wants to be a bigger and more important part of our life? Well, yeah, thank you, Crystal, for sharing that. And and as you as well, Rich, like on the the that that, that complexity around or the you know, I think this was something I wanted to talk about was like these people that you've interacted with, I think again, when you look at porn or you go and you look at the forums, it's these people that you're meeting are like a piece of meat. And they don't have feelings or anything. You just like bring them in, use them for your pleasure, and then they're gone. And it sounds very much like that's not that's not you. That's you guys want to very much integrate this person into your relationship and make them feel welcome. And I guess I think that's refreshing to hear as well. Not really a question, but just statement. A statement of appreciation. Yeah. Well, and it's really true. And you know, and I find it you know, the whole world has changed because of COVID. But one of the things that I think a lot of people, a lot of people are coming away with is that our personal relationships are important. And I want more real ones, not more fake ones, not more porn ones. That's not what I'm looking for at all. We we're perfectly happy just with the two of us, but, uh, I'm hopeful that more people will gravitate toward having real relationships than porn relationships. Um, and I don't know that to be true yet because we haven't found anyone, but, um, but I think that that's a real thing. You know, COVID has changed everything. And I, and I'm more of a hedonist and I think pleasure is its own end. I, I you know, I, I am, I, and I, she can write the rules about who she wants to put her body next to. And so I absolutely, you know, I'm absolutely okay with her choice and, and I'm lucky to have a woman that's as open-minded as she is, but. Yeah, but yeah, I I have nothing at all against casual sex, or you know, as long as everybody in the room is informed that this is what it is, and everybody's on board with that, with that, then what the hell, you know? 
Yeah, absolutely. And in fact, that's part of the essence of cuckolding is it's her choice. Yeah, he, he doesn't actually get a vote I in that. All, yeah. He doesn't get a vote. It's it's my it's my decision always, my decision, hmm. uh, whether I want to see him or not see him, whether I want to be with him or not be with him, and whether or not they're going to stay in our lives or whether they go. That's really, you know, that really is, um, you know, because I wouldn't pick someone that didn't resonate with him or didn't, hmm you know, didn't treat him correctly. Um, I'm the one that does the humiliation when we're in with someone else. I don't turn that over to anyone else because they don't know him like I know him. And I know where all his vulnerable places are. And so I don't give the, the bull permission to do that either. We'd have to know someone very, very well before I would share that with them because I'm protective of him and I wouldn't do anything to damage the trust that we have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a huge point. You know, you, people hear you say like, well, I'm going to do like, I make this decision, but like, you're not making this decision for you. You're making it for the collective you, for both yeah. of you. Yeah. Right. And so like, if it's only going to feel good to you as an individual, if it feels good to both of you. And I right. think that's a, that's a huge point that a lot of people struggle, I think, to understand is that if I'm saying, if you're asking me a question about whether I can go on a date, let's say, for example, me saying yes implies that I'm, that it feels good with both of us, that I, like, it's because this, I'm in this relationship as well. I'm not going to say yes without knowing like that it feels good. If it feels good to me, it needs to feel good to Finn too, is my point. Yeah. Or saying like, I will, I would, I'll do what I want. What, what Emma wants is something that feels good for both of us, not just right. what Emma wants and she doesn't give a shit about me. Right. And it can be a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> it can be a conversation between us. If I, if I really want something and he's unsure, I, we, then that's for us yeah. to figure out. And anyway, got off on a tangent. Yeah, no, I think, that's, I think that's important to emphasize though, because we have had, I've had a couple of uh, instances this past year where I met somebody that I was attracted to. And, you know, uh, he, he even sent me away on a weekend, oh, actually twice with, um, so I could go have a weekend and he wasn't involved at all, but he gets his joy because I would text him in the middle of the weekend. I would maybe send him a picture, you know, where I involved him in that process. But obviously those were not relationships that were sustainable because they weren't, you know, they weren't sustainable. It was just, uh, it was just an activity. But even in that, where I'm away for a whole weekend, uh, I involve him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Well, and, and maybe on that thread, like how do you two, Ensure each other's safety. I mean, I think the the obvious one, and it's easy for people to be like, "Oh, Crystal's this dainty woman who can't handle herself." And I'm not, I'm not going there. But you are, like you said, like you went away for a weekend, and you have to do that in a way that feels good and safe for both of you. Otherwise, I mean, I would imagine Rich would sit at home, be worried the whole time, and not really enjoy any of it. No, you know that's very, very true. Uh, and these are people that I've met. I met, I felt good about, they met him. Uh, and so, you know, we met each other, but we hadn't established some big relationship or anything, but yeah, safety's, safety's, you know, physical safety and emotional safety, both, you know, they, all of that has to be considered, uh, uh, for, for everybody concerned for sure. Uh, no, it's a huge challenge. Cause yeah, I worry about her, you know, and even, even if I've met the guy, yeah, you know, there's always something in the back of your head that, that you know and and so it's this it's this strange dualism of i'm i'm the cuck but i'm gonna kick anybody's butt that messes with my wife you know and i don't i don't care if he is a big black man i'll go down you know because <laughs> you know because i mean her safety is always you just as you know i i, I don't want to be too paternalistic but just as a male you have this natural tendency to protect your spouse or I think most men do, maybe not everybody, but yeah. So it's, it is a little on the, on the spooky, scary side sometimes. And, and that's, a, that's the truth, you know? And what do you, what do you do to kind of mitigate that? Uh, contact information. So I know where they're going to go. I want to know his cell phone number. And so, you know, it makes it harder for him to disappear or anything to happen. Um, 
not recently, but you know, in in my previous relationship, I'd I'd gotten in and scrapped, you know, where things were starting to get out of control. You know, I I just like broke it up. I mean, there's no other way to put it. It's yeah. you know, there was one situation where it was almost like throwing water on a pile of cats. You know, that was just <laughs> like. Just break it up. You know? <laughs> and so, yeah. And I, and I tend to, not, I mean, those are sort of isolated incidents. That is not part of my True. normal interest or activity. It just was, you know, a couple of particular guys and it was just once or twice or something like that. But the vast majority of the time we're together, we're together and we, you know, we, we spend time to try and get to know someone, spend time with them. Um, and I think by the same token, I feel just as protective of him emotionally. I don't want anybody to abuse him or not, or think that they're going to come in and dominate him in some kind of a way. You know, that's, we, we get all of that really clear. Um, Cause there's an awful, <clears throat> there's an awful lot of guys that in the bull role that see themselves as dominant. So we have to really define what that, what that looks like with us. And so again, it's an, it's an area that we have to communicate very, very clearly with. Yeah. And I imagine that's part of the reason why you don't, you haven't necessarily found what you're looking for is, you know, exactly what you're looking for and you know how to get there. And it's a very niche thing you're looking for. And I think that patience and, and maybe this is really the thing that translates outside of cuckolding to I guess non-monogamy in general is like being patient. Um, it's really easy. This is something we did when we first started was like, you think every opportunity is your only opportunity. And so you, we tend to be very patient. Um, we sat through situations, we went through situations that we should never have because we're like, well, what if this is our only opportunity? And I think being able to be patient, know what you want and wait for it is a really important skill. So I, again, Good on you for that. Well, you, yeah, you said a mouthful there. That's very, very true. And I can't count patience as one of my best skills, but but it's really true. I think knowing what you want, staying true to that, not lowering your standards, but also the, the ability to communicate it very carefully, you know, to whoever you're advertising to in the world. So nobody feels deceived or misled in any way. You know, I'm very, very clear about who I'm looking for and 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 what I want to connect with. And so, yeah, I don't have any option but to be patient because, you know, I don't know what the alternative to not being patient well, but is. That, but that said, just to balance this, is I think there also has to be some areas you're willing to compromise on because Mr. Wonderful is not going to come knock on your door. You know, Mr. Perfect just, you know, he's already involved with somebody else. And yeah. so, yeah, so... So she had one partner that she was very close to not too long ago that, um, you know, she, Crystal likes taller men. And this guy was, was not taller. He was, he was um, just a little bit taller than you. Yeah. He wasn't as tall. Yeah. 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 And, but he was, you know, a really nice guy and, and, just, and they connected really quickly yeah. and easily. And so in this case, she compromised on height, you know, and, and which that's, is, yeah. And those kind of superficial things. Really, it's not I, that hard. It's not that hard. Superficial things, really. We have preferences along there, but you know, he was a perfectly wonderful guy, uh, and wasn't tall, but you know, a perfectly wonderful guy anyway. So, so it's those kind of things, the superficial things, easy to compromise on, and I don't consider that lowering standards of any sort. But for instance, sort of the hard line would be: I want somebody that has the time. And the and the will to invest in making building something of quality. Uh, that's where we found a lot of trouble because people are busy these days, and uh, they might be juggling kids, they might be juggling other relationships. I don't know, but finding somebody that actually can put some time in is we found to be very challenging. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's tough. I think that, and then adding COVID and all the things in the last year can, is another layer that has, I'm sure, made it more difficult. Yeah, absolutely. And I think everybody's sort of left not knowing 
how to maneuver now. You know, we're all just trying to find our way back into the world. And I don't know that anybody has it necessarily dialed in yet. We, we don't. We just try one thing and then we try something else. But I think we're, our, probably our, our biggest challenge that we have had is in finding the right mate. And in particular, you know, internet dating, it's just there's, I, I don't know what the ratio of phonies to like real people is, but it's, it's not pretty, high. pretty you know, it's pretty and, high. <laughs> and so we, I mean, literally we've taken a whole new tact on when we, you know, tell somebody, Hey, let's meet for drinks to just, it's her and I going out. And if this guy shows up, woohoo, you know, but <laughs> yeah. yeah. And just change, go- change your mindset around the date itself. Yeah, no, we, we don't get too invested in anything until somebody reveals shows them, somebody shows up <laughs> and they actually, you know, have yeah. the will to participate. So other than that, we don't get too uh, we don't get too invested in anything. Yeah, that's smart because I mean, we we have talked to people too, you know, going if you want to go to a swing club or a sex club and like going with the mindset of like this is going to be for us and like this is our night and if anything else happens, like that's just a bonus and that right. way just sh- shifting your mindset in that way can really help take the pressure off and and uh make the evening hopefully go a little smoother no matter what happens. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's right. I think that's the right way to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and it, and it helps avoid the letdown if it doesn't, right? Yeah. The, the exactly. drop of like, oh, we were really thinking this was, yeah, yeah, right. and it's, yeah. A, it's, a, it's a little bit hard on Crystal in particular, you know, because she's like, well, what's wrong with me? Why are these? Guys? And I'm like, right. they've never met you. They don't know what you look like. They don't know anything <laughs> about you. Believe me, it's not you. You know, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> It's hard. It's hard to like, don't like when you feel because you kind of pings that rejection, but like they don't, they're, they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting like that. They don't want it. They're not willing to go and go the effort, extra effort to actually meet people. And right. so it's got to tell, rewrite that negative story in your head, which can be hard sometimes. Yeah. Yes, and it, it does. It does get discouraging because, you know, we're pretty open, honest, authentic and, you know, we're just like, here's We've who we are. We've never missed a date, you know, and ever, you know, when we said we would be there, we have never not been there. But you, know? you, you and, just can't assume that everybody shows up honest and open and authentic. In fact, most, most people don't. don't. Most yeah. people don't. So, you know, dealing with disappointment is probably one of the, uh, the biggest challenges too. But, you know, what's the alternative? Either we I mean, it would be okay if we're just by ourselves for the rest of our life, but we would still hope for somebody to join us sooner or later. Yeah, and I think, you know, like to your question, what's the alternative? Well, the alternative is you never take a chance. You never take that risk to go to dinner because, what they might not show up, right? So you just never go. Um, And I think finding that balance of like, yeah, there's a, there's a probably in some cases a greater than 50% chance you're going to just go have dinner by yourself. Right. But, no, it's it's more like nine out of ten times, honestly. Yeah. It's seriously. Yeah. It's it's horrible. It's horrible. And yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's I tough. Well, yeah. And she was texting a guy a couple of days ago that's like, Oh yeah, I want to meet you. You're just what I'm looking for. And it turns out he's from the opposite coast we live on, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and, and and he's like talking like he's going to set up a drink date with us. And then, you know, it kind of comes out at the end of the conversation that he's 3,000 miles from us. And, I go, and, and, I, and how did you see that working exactly? I mean, it's just, <laughs> it's unbelievable. I think, yeah, people have been trapped at home on their computers and watching porn for far <laughs> too long. And they, they lost their sense of how to deal with real people. Yeah. 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 But we went out Friday night and met a really nice guy at the bar in real life. (laughs) There you go. Perfect. Yeah. Sometimes you got to go old school, right? Just go meet people. Just go be out. Yeah. That's exactly Exactly. exactly what we were saying. Exactly. This is old school, you know? And it was a ton more fun. And there's probably nothing that will ever come of this, but it was a ton more fun than answering ads that nobody responds to, or they ghost you for this reason or the other reason. It was no. still yeah. fun. You know, we had a really good time. Yeah, but I agree with you. It's like old school. Buy her a drink. Ask her what her sign is, you know? I mean. <laughs> <laughs> right? See what cheesy pickup line you come up exactly. with. <laughs> exactly. 
<laughs> well, is there anything that we haven't talked about that you two really wanted to make sure we did talk about? And we wanted to give you the opportunity to do that. I, I don't know how this fits in exactly, but yet another thing that we talk about a lot is that we love this lifestyle. It's been absolutely amazing for us evolving as a couple. But I think 90% of the people out there have no business even trying. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I, I don't, I love the lifestyle and I don't mean to say anything about it, but without having that kind of emotional maturity and deep sense of communication and deep sense of commitment, it, it can be disastrous to a relationship. And I just don't know that most people are prepared for this kind of, you know, ride. I mean, you know, this is the e-ticket, man. You got to be ready to go. And, yeah, this, and it's not for most people. This requires a lot. I think it's much easier to just be a swinger and have occasional casual partners. It doesn't require nearly as much as what we're talking about. And so that's, you know, if you're going to dabble, dabble over there because it doesn't require the investment. It doesn't require the either the emotional or physical investment. Uh, this requires, you know, somebody that's willing to really get in the game. And, you know, it's for a high-level player. And so we, we realize that our, our field of possibilities are quite limited. Uh, but, you know, I still want what I want and we, we want what we want. And so, so we need to borrow some of your patience. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're working on that too. So yeah. you can't have any of mine because I'm, I'm using every last one of them right now. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, and yeah. If we have any extra ever, we'll send it your way. But oh, please oh, do. Cause I, I'm real. I've always been short, always been short on that. Yeah. And, and Rich, that kind of gets back to the point earlier of starting in that first gear of like, if you're open, like you go start in first gear, you may go back and never even drive the car, but you could, if you like start there and start dabbling to see if it's something that, um, what yeah. is going to and maybe maybe using that metaphor we could extend it into you should be driving an automatic and stay away from stick shifts you know <laughs> the car is going to stall you're going to kill it in the middle of the intersection and a semi truck will t-bone you so, <laughs> you know, yep yeah. yep yep so maybe just go get in the automatic <laughs> Get in yeah. the automatic. It might not have the thrill, but it won't stall on you and you won't die. <laughs> so. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> and well, if you want to start, start in first gear in the parking lot. <laughs> there you go. Yes. Yeah. But anyway, I think we, I think yeah. we've killed With that metaphor. Enough. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Yeah, well, exactly. with that, if you two are okay with it and Emma, if you're okay with it, mm -hmm. shall we say good night and let you get along with your evening? I wanted to actually. Emma's not okay with go, that. Go ahead. I have one more thing, but go ahead, Rich. Well, I was just saying thank you, but but oh, if, yeah, I just, ahead, I ahead. wanted to I wanted to give Crystal. You said at the beginning that you were a writer, and I just wanted to give you a minute to if there's anything you want to plug or put out there. Um, I wanted to give you the platform for a minute if there's anything you'd like to share. Well, I'm always really looking for real human beings to talk to. So if you'd like to see some of the stuff that I write, it's uh, crystalwelch.com. And the blog there has, you know, I dump all of my stuff into the blog page, but I'm always interested to talk to other people that are pursuing an alternative lifestyle who, who may want to have, if they have questions, um, I'm always very, very anxious to talk to real people and not just get lost in my own thoughts and throw them out there. I'm interview I interview somebody almost every week just because I want to know what real people are thinking and not just my own point of view on everything. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we'll put links to your website in the show notes so that people can find you. And thank you for okay. doing that work. It's, yeah, it it's important and we appreciate yeah. it. It is important work. And we both, we, we, we both feel committed to sharing this kind of stuff. And so we, we really do appreciate the opportunity to put it out there. And, you know, we, we think that for the right couples, this is, can be transforming. You know? Yeah, we could have sure. never, ever gotten to the level of intimacy that we are at uh, outside of this. We, we had a good relationship before, but it was nowhere near what it is now. You know, but we've worked to get to that level and keeping our core, uh, you know, prime directive in mind that what we want to do is master intimacy 
in this life. And this has just been our path. And it's been a really good one. Amazing. Yeah. I think I think that's a perfect place to leave it. I agree. If Emma will let me this time. I, go <laughs> ahead. <laughs> um, so, yeah, thank you both for being here, for sharing and your vulnerability. Uh, it's greatly, greatly appreciated. Yeah, yeah, thank you for inviting us. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely. Well, have an amazing night and we will uh, be in touch. And we're back. A huge thank you to Crystal and Rich for reaching out to us and coming on the show. And one thing, we got a little bit distracted in the intro <laughs> talking got, about got palindromes. Got a little tied up in the palindrome discussion. <laughs> <laughs> and realized that we forgot to mention Crystal's website. So we wanted to make sure to plug that here. Uh, just go to crystalwelch.com. Links are in the show notes. She has a blog and is a lifestyle coach. And it would love for you to go check her out. Yeah. And again, thank you, Crystal and Rich, for coming on and sharing and being open and vulnerable with us. We appreciate it. We're sorry we forgot to mention your website in the intro. Palindromes. Blame the palindromes. <laughs> this one isn't even a palindrome. Blame the hosts. It's fine. <laughs> so anyway, uh, thank you both and thank you to everybody for listening. Just a quick reminder, if you are looking for community, uh, which we know you are because everybody is. Always. We would love to have you check out our Patreon community or one of our meet and greets in Ann Arbor, Atlanta, or St. Petersburg. And we have another virtual meet and greet coming up at the end of October. All of the information on how to join all of these events and the exact dates for them is on our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com. Click under the community events tab and you will find everything you could ever need to know. And we hope to see you at all of the events. Yes, we do. You nailed that, by the way. I did. Thank you. <laughs> I'm bowing, but nobody can see it. Next week, we have an awesome interview with Wendy and Anthony. They help run the Paradise Club in Pennsylvania. And we had an awesome time talking to them. So come back next week and listen. Yes, we look forward to seeing all of you. Have a fantastic week. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening.